Thank you, Jesus. Somebody here say, thank you, Jesus. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Lord, we cannot thank you enough because you've been so good to us. You've taken care of us, Lord, when we have been unable to take care of ourselves. Father, you truly have been our healer, our shelter, our provider. We worship you for who you are. Father, we need to hear a word from you. So, Father, right now, I pray let it be all of you and none of me that your word will come forth with power and, and that we may to apply it to our lives that we will better live as men and women and children of your gospel. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray that all those agree say amen. 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 Open up your Bible with me to Ephesians, third chapter, looking at verse 14 to 21. Looking at the letter by Paul to Ephesus, third chapter, verses 14 to 21. And as we're getting ready to look at this, Paul is continuing on in a prayer. And this prayer can be applied to your life. In this prayer, there's three objectives that you will know. You will have strength. You will know the greatness of God and understand his love by being empowered in his spirit. And as we look at this, I want you to really look how great is God's love. How great is his strength? And see how that can impact your life. Ephesians, third chapter, verses 14 to 21. If you have it, say amen. amen. You don't have to say, hold on. I'll hold on. Because I want you to make sure that you can read along with me, make sure that I'm preaching from the word. Make sure that I'm not telling you no lies. You can look for yourself and see the truth. You ready to say Amen. Word of God says, from New Revised Standard Version, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth takes its names. I pray that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through his spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, as you are being rooted and grounded in love. I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. And the church says, Amen. As we continue on in this series, knowing an able God, when we know an able God, we should be also know power beyond measure. Tell somebody, knowing power beyond measure. Tell your other neighbor, in case they're asleep, wake them up. Let them know, power beyond measure. Power beyond 
as we look in knowing and able God, I want us to realize how we too can know power beyond measure. What does that look like? Well, the sun is power beyond measure. First and foremost, it, it is so hot that nothing can stand near it. It will be consumed. That's power. It is so hot that it is able, the sun is able to power a power plant in Las Vegas, and 25% of, 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 of that solar power runs that base. The sun is so powerful that it can run a city converted through solar energy. Tell somebody that's power. It's so much powerful that now they have cars that can give you air conditioning from solar power. And I realized that's power because I had a car that I had to turn the air conditioning off just to pass somebody up. <laughs> if I had a, that car now with some solar power, my air conditioning would be blowing, I'd be passing somebody up. That's some power. When you can convert the sun's energy that it can produce other energy, that's power. But yet, that sun power is limited because that sun is going to be destroyed. But yet, God's power is unlimited. And God's power can be converted within us to do greater things. That's power beyond measure. Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, dealing with unity, dealing with having being one mind, one body, and one spirit in God is through all and in us all. And you can see how he continues that thought from the first chapter right here in the third chapter when he first goes to the Father who is the creator of all things and says where every family nation or person derives their name from. And I want to deal with that for a moment. If God is creator, then he has created us. And let's look at this for a moment. We know that God made the heavens and the earth. We know that the Bible tells us how he made the Garden of Eden. And within the Garden of Eden, he made the, the fruits and the vegetation and the fishes and the, and the birds of the air. And, and then he made man and woman. And after he made man and woman, he said it was very good. And, and we realize when he made all this creation, everything was fine in the world. But then sin entered when man was tempted by the serpent. And they yielded to temptation. They brought forth sin. And therefore, God had to bring in redemption to bring man back to him. And looking at that, if God is creator, he's trying to bring us back to him. And when you look at that, that God wants us to be back with him, that shows us who we came from. Because redemption is to restore us back in a relationship. So you look at this. So for this reason, Paul says, I bowed my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Be some that we have ownership, that we are his creation. Nobody else created us. He created us. And look how Paul comes to the Father. 
As we were standing during altar call prayer, we stood in honoring of God in time of prayer. And that was a tradition at that time that many times when they were in prayer, they would stand. And you can even go now to, to and see the, the wailing wall in Jerusalem. They will stand in front of that wall in prayer. That was the normal, traditional way of prayer. But yet, Paul said, I bow. He went beyond just standing to I am kneeling. You would kneel during that time, most importantly, to a king. To show homage, to show humility, to show respect. Paul says, for this reason, I bend my knees. I bow before the Father. I come in the most humbling position to the one who created us. And for these three objectives, I pray, one, that you be empowered. Do you see that in the text? That, that you will be strengthened in your inner uh, being, in your soul. I pray that you be strengthened. How can I be strengthened, Paul? Well, I haven't finished praying. I, I pray that you be strengthened uh, in the love. Uh, that you'll be rooted and founded in the love. You see the similarities there? Rooted and foundation. A tree is founded because its roots are founded in the ground. A building is founded because of its foundation. He's breaking, breaking it back for us. If you're rooted, you're founded, you're firm. Firm in what? Firm in love. Whose love? My love. God wants us to be founded in his love. We have no power and no strength away from God's love because for God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whomsoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's some powerful love. He gave up everything for us. He laid down his life for us. What greater friend than a friend to lay down his life for another? To be willing to give up your life, your resources, your time, your house, your car, your clothes, whatever you have in order to better somebody else. That's love. And God has shown us that love so much so that he wants us to be able to show that same love. Because Jesus tells us they will know you are my disciples by how you love one another. The golden rule we say, do unto others as you have them uh, do unto you. And we know we love ourselves. So be rooted and strong in this love. And when you're rooted and you're strong in this love, it says then you'll be able to grasp or understand his love. Now, this is a beautiful verse. <laughs> it says, I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Look at this prayer. He wants you to grasp how wide, how deep, how high, how great is this love. But then he goes on to as you're trying to grab how great this love is, this love is you'll also find that you will not truly understand. That's some good love. That's great love. That's tapping into that power that's beyond measure. Some of us here have made it because of somebody's love. 
I made it this far because of my parents' love. If my parents did not love their children, they would not have provided for their children. They would not have ensured their children attained an education. They would not have brought their children into the church so that they would know God. They would not have put a house over their head and provided for them. They would not be there for them if they did not love me. But because how great their love was towards me, my love was great towards them. And to describe their love, I could not adequately describe it because it's beyond my understanding. Because sometimes Sam doesn't love himself, but they loved me. It's time Sam didn't love them, but they loved me. It's time Sam wanted to burn the house down, but they still let me up in the house. Uh, time Sam was breaking doors and breaking windows, but they still let me stay up in the house. That was some love beyond some understanding and some measure. And my brothers, my sisters can attest because they would have rather have kicked me out. But my parents said, no, that's my son. That's how God is with us. That when the world is ready to put you out, people have turned their back on you. Your job tells you you no longer have a check coming. Your, your eviction notice came in. Your pink slips on the door. They came to put your stuff out on the street. But God says, I can still find you some shelter. Somebody came and told you that your life it's going to be cut short. Somebody told you you're going to deal with this disease all your life. But yet God tells you, though you may die, but those who die in Christ yet shall live. They tell you how your body is falling apart. You say, well, speed up the process. Because one of these days, <laughs> in a twinkling of an eye, this mortal body is going to put on immortality. So come, Jesus, come. Whether it comes now or later, but it's going to change. So I'm not trying to hold on to what's going to pass away. But I want to hold on to love because love never fails. Power beyond measure. The popular song that was out there, so high you can't get over it, so low you can't get on it, so wise you can't get around it, but yet God's love is greater than that. It's so great that you cannot even measure it. It's beyond measure. We can take it all the way back to the Calvary and says, how much did Jesus love us? We say he loved us this much. And that still does not measure how great his love is for us. Because who do you know that's willing to die for you? Knowing you're guilty. I say that again. Knowing you're guilty. Oh, I might die for an innocent man. That's easy. That's understandable. That's, 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 that's uh, uh, what do you call valor. That's the valiant thing to do. But yet, if someone who I know is guilty, who I know is a murderer, I won't get in the electric chair for them. Knowing they molested a child, I won't try to die for them. But yet, Jesus says, I did die for them. So, wait a minute, Pastor, that's evil. Yes, it sure enough is. Lying is evil. Sin is sin. Don't, don't, don't get so caught up in this because the law does not put a death sentence on what you do wrong that you're all right. 
His love is so great, he died for all. For all is sin and fall short of the glory of God. We need to really bring this home into our household. And saying, Lord, how can I understand your love? Well, first you can understand my love by how you love one another. Love is so great, it cannot be measured, which means what? I have patience. I'm able to endure with the hardships that's happening in my life. I'm willing to put up with it. What's the depth? I'm willing to get dirty (laughs) for love. I'm, I'm willing to struggle with you, fight with you for this. I'm not letting go of this. What else is the depth? Jesus defeated death. He defeated hell, the depths of hell, Hades. He set the captive free. Jesus showed us that death has no victory. Sin has no sting. Who can separate us from the hand of the Lord? Neither height nor depth. Hello, you heard that before, huh? Paul is letting you know it's so great, it's immeasurable that nothing, tell somebody, nothing can separate me from my God. Some of y'all fall off that part. He's not your God. If he's your God, tell us nothing can separate me from my God. Now some of you started thinking about some stuff that you need to let go, huh? That's what it should be. When you think how great God's love is. That is to remind you of some things you need to let go in your life. It need to remind you how great he is and how small we are and how much more we need to do to serve him. That's why Paul is praying this prayer. This is not just a one-time prayer. He says, for this reason I bend my knees and turn to the Father, the creator of all. And since he's our creator, we shall reflect our daddy. We shall reflect his family. How can I reflect his family? Well, first and foremost, to be strong and in, in, in his power, being rooted and established in love. And when I'm rooted and established in his love, I start realizing how great his love is that I find out it's beyond my understanding. And when I think about how great his love is, then I start thinking about how great my God is. And look how long you should do this. is, And to know the love of Christ, verse 19, that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all fullness of God. Once again, we have something that cannot be measured, but yet there's a measurement. It tells you to be filled with the fullness of God. How can I be filled with the fullness of God when he's beyond measure? When he is infinite, I'm finite. How how can I be filled with the measure of God? Thank you for asking that question. That's a good question. If I go out to the Atlantic Ocean, to the beach. And I see the fullness of that water. But yet I can take a bucket and put that in the ocean. And now that bucket is full with the fullness of the Atlantic Ocean. It did not absorb everything, but it absorbed all that it could within that bucket. And now that bucket is filled with the fullness of the Atlantic Ocean. And so now this bucket contains what it should contain. We have been blessed by his spirit 
Paul said, I pray that you be strengthened in his spirit. So we now, confessing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, have received the Holy Spirit. Jesus told the apostles, we see in Acts, the first chapter, that the Holy Spirit will come down and fill you up uh, so that you will be uh, my witnesses. And so... Paul also talks about it in Ephesians. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. He says in later in the sixth chapter, tells you to what? Now in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God. So Paul understands the capacity, the power, the ableness of the Spirit. And if you be filled with the Spirit, you're filled with God's fullness. Until he comes. Because... We will never fully be like him until he comes to change us to be like him. But since we don't know when that day is going to come, we should continually be in prayer to be strengthened by his power, to be rooted and established in his love, to grasp, to understand his love and see how great his love is. No, we may not fully understand, but yet we still will be filled with his love. When something is filled, just a little tip, it runs over, doesn't it? Have you ever had a, a way to overfill your cup and that you go to drink it out the straw and it just falls in your lap because it's too much up in the cup? Being filled with God's love should be just like that. That when you get around people, they just touch you. You just overwhelm this blessing with some love. When you get filled up with that love that when they get near you, all of a sudden they feel better about themselves because you have so much goodness in you. That kind of love helps you when things are going rough. You have some. Love will give you that peace in the middle of that storm. Love is not happiness. It's joy because happiness is based on what's happening. Everything in your life is not a happy situation. But yet, when you have love, you have some contentment because you know that this is happening, but I know there's some better days to come. When you have that kind of love that fills you up, it, it, it seeps around you. That when people come around you, they're able to take some, but you got some left. But if you're empty, you have nothing to give. You can't lean on anything. You can't fall back on it, but when you feel. And if you're filled of his fullness, cast this, cast this, cast this. It's coming from the one who's limitless. So as he, if you are filled, he's still pouring into you. Pouring into you. My cup runneth over. God is in the blessing business. And if he's eternal, his blessing is eternal. Deacon West with me. Some of us didn't get that. If he's eternal, his blessing is eternal. So that means he will always be able to give you what you need. And I can see Paul getting excited in his prayer that that's when he shifts. Now to the one. Do you see that? When he starts thinking about the fullness of God and how it's going to be sometimes being like, now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish. Knowing an able God. When you know an able God, you realize that God can do anything and everything. He started realizing that I know I'm limited, but the God I serve, he's not limited. So now to him who is able. Do you see that? That's where you need to be in your life. 
Let this prayer make your life. That when things get too rough for you to handle, you just say, Lord, I'll go to the one who is able, which is you. <laughs> I look up to the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. The sun will not smite me by day, nor the moon by night. He is my help. He is my shelter. I, I look. Job, he realized that though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Uh, Job looked beyond this desperate death place of, of his, of his uh, affliction on his body. He says, I know my Redeemer lives. David, when he was stricken by God because of his sin and lost his son, David looked beyond his situation and said, I know I see my son again. Oh, glory. Mary and Martha, mad at Jesus. They, they, they were mad. It's, if you would have been here, my brother Lazarus, he would not have died. But yet, I heard her say, but I do believe in the resurrection. And then Jesus looking at her and says, uh, I know what you're talking about, but if you see me... <laughs> He said, I am the resurrection. Anyone who believes me, though they may die, yet they shall live. You see, when you know a God that is able, you're able to look beyond your limited self. You look beyond the things you see before you, and you say, I look up to with my help cometh, and my help cometh from the Lord. And so when I look to him, I start thinking about how I'm limited. But now to the one who's able to accomplish abundantly far more than what I can ask or think or even imagine. Oh, we some imaginable people. We think of some things. We, we think we're very creative with the things we come up with. But God is greater than that. You know those good old eventing commercials. All those new uh, towels and vacuum cleaners and how to pack up all the clothes you have no use for and suck them up and hide them in your closet and put some air in them and they come back out. We got all kind of creative things that are convenient our life. But God says, now, come to me, the one who's able to accomplish. Now, look here. We try to do things for convenience. Uh, somebody came up with the remote because they didn't want to get up off the couch. Uh, somebody came up with the lazy boy because they didn't want to go to bed. Uh, everybody came up with some easy stuff. Uh, but yet God says, I don't want you just to have a comfortable life. I want you to have a great life. This world wants to keep you comfortable. If I get you, if you buy that lazy boy, that lazy boy is, it goes in front of the TV. You get, get in front of the TV, I put a phone number or a website, and I'll tell you who you can call. You don't get up out your seat. You call the pizza man. You call whatever you want. You order it, the FedEx brings it to your door. You don't leave your house. The enemy got you trapped, not doing anything. But God says, go and make disciples. God says, get out of your comfort zone and go to some foreign lands all right, all right. and some foreign nations. Go, go talk to your neighbors. Get across the street. Go talk to some people and let them know that I'm real. But you can't do that when you don't have the power. But Paul is pointing to the one who has the power and has so much power that he's able to fill you up. And even when he fills you up, you're not even full to full capacity. Because you cannot handle all of his greatness, but he gives you just enough. Tell somebody, just enough. Just enough to make it. 
just enough to make it. Oh, the children of Israel didn't have any change of clothes, nor some different sandals, but they had just enough to make it. Lord have mercy. I, I don't have a wardrobe that will last me some 40 years. But God made a wardrobe for them that their sandals never wore out. Their clothes never wore out. They were able to make it over in glory. That's a God that has power beyond measure. You might be standing in front of your Red Sea, but God can tell you, just stretch out your hands. <laughs> And I will part it so you can walk on dry land. Uh, not muddy land that you might get stuck. Uh, not some land where the, the sharks might jump out. But I will make sure you have safe journey. Oh, you might be in the middle of a storm. But yet you can go to a God who is able to say, peace, uh, be still. Oh, you just might be in a lion's den. But you know a God who is able to close uh, a lion's mouth. Uh, you might be thrown into a fiery furnace, but you know a God that can make sure you walk out with not one of your hairs being singed. Tell somebody that's an able God. So when you see in our lives an able God, to him be glory in the church and in Christ. What I want us to grab at this part now is that this needs to impact your life. That God does not empower us and gives us strength to make it just for us to brag. Just for us to tell somebody and show them our resume, how nice we live, how, how well we've made it, look how we've overcome, and look at my children. But he's done it so that he gains the glory. To the glory of the church and in Christ. We should be giving God glory how we serve him. So this power is not given just for you to boast, but the power is given so that you may boast about him. The power is not given just for you to show off and say, look, devil, you thought you had me, but I won. The power is given because devil, you thought you had me, but God, he saved me. When you are going back home, going back to your job, you need to pray, Lord, give me the power. That my boss might get on my nerves, but I show love and patience. Lord, uh, my co-worker is still not doing their job, and I got to do overtime and extra work for them. Lord, help me to love on them as you've loved on me when I've fallen short. When you go back home looking at your spouse, looking at your wife, looking at your children, looking at the, the mother and the father of your children, look at them and say, Lord, give me the strength to love them. Fill me up, God, with all of you so it'll be none of me. So that, Lord, you'll be pleased and honored what happens in this house. That you'll be pleased and honored what happens on my job. You'll be pleased and honored, Lord, when I go on vacation. That wherever I go, I go with your strength and with your power. And I'm telling you something. When you go in God's strength and in God's power, you start seeing different things. Because you start grasping how great his love is. I'm going to close with this. I heard about a story how this mother had their first child and they came home. And there was a friend over that was always dirty, a friend that never would smell fresh, and was there when she brought home her baby. And her mom was there, the grandmother. 
And the grandmother was holding the baby and just was doting on the baby, loving the baby. And the friend said, can I hold the baby? And the mother cringed. And the grandmother just gave her the baby. That's how God is with us. That he's so full of love and mercy. That when others want to hold back from giving to you. When others think you're not worthy of receiving what they have. God said, I have this for you. I will let you hold and handle what's, what's important to me, my son. Are y'all with me here? I will give you what, what nobody else has, has to offer you. I will give you my only begotten son. I put him in you, even though you're filthy, even though you're dirty. You don't smell how I would like you to smell, but I want to bless you. Because I want you to be like me. Because I'm your father. I have created you. And I want to bring you back to me. Our God is able to bring us through and take us through. Our God is able to bring us back to him when we're far away from him. I don't know where you are in your journey right now. I don't know where you may be, but God knows and he's telling you I'm able to do above and beyond what you can ask or think or even imagine. I am able, which means I have the potential and the possibility. The power is already within me to do so. I am able. Just call on my name. And I dare you to see what I do in your life. God is faithful. So that's why we too can be just like Paul in our prayers and say now to him who is able to do above and beyond what we can ask or think or imagine. To him, to God be the glory in the church and in Christ, both now and forevermore. Which means I shall serve him now, and I'm so glad I'll be able to serve him forevermore, because when this life is over, I might say goodbye. You might not see me here, but I'm so glad that he's coming back again. I'm so glad it's going to be a new heaven and a new earth that I'll be able to serve him over in glory. So I want to get my practice in now. I bend my knees now, and I'll be bending my knees then. But yet, let's start right now. Let us experience an able God by first turning humbly to him, saying, Lord, I need your strength. I need your power. I need your love so that I may understand how great your love is. So when I understand how great your love is, I'll be filled to your fullness until you come back again. And that way may glorify you. And that's when you'll be able to grasp power beyond measure. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Father, we come to you right now, seeing how limited we are, so we turn to you, God, who has no limits. And Father, we pray that we may be strengthened in our lives by your spirit, that we will be rooted and founded in your love, firmly established, God, to know and grasp how great your love is towards us, that we will show it to others. And Lord, there might be someone here who does not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Father, I pray that they hear right now how great your love is for them and that they too will turn to you and turn away from their life of sin. And Lord, that they will say, Lord, you truly are Lord of their life. And they confess with their mouth and believe in their heart 
that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he has risen from the grave. Father, we thank you for your love on our lives. We thank you, Lord, for forgiving us. We thank you, Lord, for saving us. We give you all the glory and all the praise. Amen. Maybe stand and we stand the hand of discipleship. There's some